I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you briefly about something tonight. And and um, how many think God is gonna move you forward? Gonna begin something in your life and move you forward? Do you? Do you? Do you really believe it? You know, it's easy to say, but it's it, it's a lot different than when you believe and you put it into action. But God is gonna move you forward. I want someone for just a minute. You don't have to answer me, but. What is he going to move you forward in? What's he going to do different in your life in the future than he's already done? What does he have planned for you in your infant stage compared to juvenile or, or adulthood? Where are you at and what does God want to do? What would God want to do in my life? And in individuals, it's really easy to kind of just fall into a habit of coming to church and going to routine. But really, what does God have in store for you? Worship is something he has in store for all of us if we're willing to do it. But I really think he, he wants to do something to catapult us, each of us, into a stronger relationship. Well, let me ask you this. You ladies who went to retreat, why did you go to retreat? To receive more. What else? What? In here. Refreshing. Anybody else? Be inspired. You went there for a reason and to receive from the Lord in a way that only he could do it. And in each of our lives, if we think he's going to move us for something forward, move us forward, we got to start preparing now. It's kind of like um, before we done the children's crusade and we had the, the stuff going on with that, there was a lot of preparation when it went into it with with food and with time and with uh, the, the messages all put on disk and, and put on the overhead and or, actually not the overhead but it was on a computer there's a lot of things prepared for what's going to come so um, it's something this is something that we should all be expecting and if you aren't what's wrong with you there's something about some of us we never think that God has anything in store for us and we think we're just left we've we've surrendered our lives to him and we've made him the lord of our life we've really just it's kind of squandered the rest of it. And it's like there's no ambition, no desire to see him do something more in my life. But I have every desire in the world to see him do, take me up above and beyond. So where do I start? Go to Isaiah 54. Where do I start? I started to say when uh, Brandon was talking about being a mother and the kids, the kids always hear a certain thing about the nose and nose and nose with God, about you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But it is good about hearing some yeses. What are some yeses that God has? I'm going to ask you this question. What are some yeses God has in store for you for your future? What are some yeses that God has for you in your future? Okay, third time. What is some yeses that God has for you in your future? It's great to see his family up here worshiping the Lord together. But what does is, what is the Lord have in store for you? Heaven? That's the end. Healing? That you prosper. That you prosper. What else? Man, if, if stay on your tail as long as you where you're supposed to, it'll tail after you regardless of where you go. Anything else? Joy. Let me give you a little insight. Kayleen doesn't dance around that like that at home. 
She doesn't go, hey, Bill, watch this. She doesn't do it. She doesn't do it. But there is some, there is a truth to that. When you are in the presence of, of, of people of like faith and you actually enter into a place of worship and, and, and it's true. There's joy upon you. What else is something you're looking forward to? Do you think that God has to store for you? Peace. His love. Wholeness. Fullness. Bo okay, boldness. Sorry, I'm a little bit slow hearing, okay? Anybody else? Anything else? God has. What is something you pray for? What? Restoration from your past. What is something you pray for about every day? Forgiveness for a variety of things. But what else do you pray for? Hope. You pray for your loved ones. You pray for those that are lost, that they will come to the Lord. Regardless, if they come to the Lord on your basis or on what you, what you want, that doesn't matter. It's important that they come to the Lord. And how much more rewarding could you, could you ask of things of God than him to fulfill things that you have prayed about with your family? I think God has something in store for every one of us if we simply could really tap into and really believe him for what he has in store. Isaiah 54 this is, a, this is a great chapter, and it goes through a lot of verses about the restoration of, of God's promises to, to the barrenness of Israel and how, how they bring them out of these things. But I want to pay particular attention to verses 1 through 4. Sing, O barren, thou didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud that, that thou didst not travail with child. For more of the children of, of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not. Lengthen the cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. And make desolate the cities of, to be inhabited. Fear not. For, neither, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Neither be confounded. For neither shalt thou be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. Bury Beth. And thou shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. There is so much there, and we think about our life. I believe that every one of us, we got to, we got to believe for something a little more than just a routine. It's about expecting something greater and more grand and, and, and personal in, in lives. If your expectation, if you're expecting something great, then you're going to lengthen your cords. This is talking about expansion and knocking down the walls and straightening the walls and moving your tent stakes. It's making things bigger. Now, you, you can do this, use this figuratively, but you also can use it in your own life. If you've got something you're involved in, you want it to grow, and you're expecting, strengthen and expand it. Don't stop believing regardless of what your enemy says. How many of us, and your enemy sometimes is yourself. You'll, you'll come out of a something great and something good and, and something's happening in your life and all of a sudden you instantly begin to think negative. Oh, this is, oh, mm, no. And there's, it's amazing how many times that myself, I'll go home in Sunday afternoons and I felt like we had a good service this morning, but I sit there and I second guess and I get to church. If I could explain to you, now this isn't any wine or whatever, but if I could explain to you what goes on in preparation, When I sit down, I have a blank sheet up here. I can't think of spiritual thoughts. 
I can't think of, and that's better, it is better, but I, like today I'll sit there and pray for, oh Lord, I, I need you to write shit on this. I don't want something just, just wrote to go down, it's just something generic, but I want to have your word in my heart and birth in my heart, and I can't seem to fabricate it on my own. Does that make sense? Because before we've, we've known knowledge and we've known things in the Bible, we can expand on it and teach on it. But it's different now. And so I was seeking the Lord and I, don't, I, I started doubting myself. And the enemy says, stop believing regardless of what your enemy says. I am my own worst enemy sometimes. I can't receive and I can't see the greater things because of what I think. And part about where you live There's nothing I know that would, any of us, that make us more content and more happy and feel blessed to see the expanse of our, our house. Now, I don't mean literally the expanse, but the far-reachingness of our, our household coming to the, the place of faith. And people believing and, and, but about the loved ones, they seem to grieve you. Where I live is critical that you spend your time, is that you spend your time preparing. It's a, it's a sanctuary, it's a holy place that you can prepare as you lengthen and stretch and you, and you make growth for the thing which grows into the Lord, preparing you for it. What can you do to prepare for his blessing? A lot of it is just being ready. You know, the Bible says that the watchman, if he knew what hour the thief would come, he would be ready, be ready to protect himself. Did you know that every one of us are in a constant battle for things that we war against? It may be something small, it may be something big, but there's many things. I know uh, Charity's going to court tomorrow. I don't care if it's that publicly, but, but she's going to court tomorrow. So keep her in your prayers. Let's leave it at that. But keep her in your prayers. That's a, 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 a trick of the enemy to place on her all the time upon her mind and give her something else to be concerned about. So the first thing to do, that we have to be ready. And be ready to grow if, it, if the opportunity comes. The second take, take place is in First Chronicles, chapter four, and it's about Jabez. Throughout the history of my life as a, as a young guy, I never heard of Jabez. And, and, and be honest with you, there's not anything critical that he done. There's nothing that he done that was uh, so big. But there was something that he done. He believed God when nobody else did. He, believed, he thought there could be something in store in his life just based on who he was. There was nothing. He was not from royalty. There wasn't anything unique about him except the name Jabez. And Jabez is more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him in sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand would be with me, and thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Jabez is more honorable than, than everyone else in his family. I think anything... That, let me just stop here. How important is it that, that you live a life that is honorable before God? I know this morning I talked about uh, struggles and, and long-term effects of sin and bondages that, that came to, seem to sidetrack us from being what we should be. But here's someone who believed God 
Why not me? Why not me? I think you believe God in ways that many of us would like to, but we're afraid to. Don't be afraid to ask is the first thing. Don't be afraid to go to God and ask him for certain particulars. Keep your name honorable. An honorable name is something that's not found real, real common. A lot of people got a lot of tattered things in their past and their name is not real honorable, but he kept his name honorable. Have confidence in your request that your motives are right. His motives were not necessarily wrong. He said that he, he would, all that you would prosper, that you would enlarge my boundaries and, and make things really uh, uh, prosperous for me. Verse 10, the last part of that, that it may not grieve me. And Lord, I ask this, when you go to the Lord in prayer and you pray as Jabez, you pray and you, Father, you ask, I ask you to, 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 to make me prosper and that I become a, a living in your favor and God, I walk in your favor and your grace would abound to me. But Lord, I only want it if it doesn't grieve me. If it's gonna make me happy or turn my heart or, or pervert the way I think, the Lord, I don't want your blessing. But if not, Lord, pour it out. Maybe you can relate to Jabez. Maybe you're the unlikely one. Maybe you were the brother or the sister that no one ever thought anything would good would come into your life. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Be worthy of the seed sown. You may have done a lot of things in the past and, and you may have sown seed in a lot of ways with, with what you do and with your money and, and with what you we sow with your mouth and the words of your mouth and things. Be worthy of the seed, seed sown. Numbers 1, Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And Miriam and Aaron said, Moses, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman which he had married. He had married an Ethiopian woman. They said, hath the Lord indeed spoke only by Moses. I'm gonna stop for a minute. They used an excuse to talk about Moses because of what he was married to. How many times do we look for excuses to talk about someone? We say things because supposedly, initially, it's, it's based on, quote, this woman or, or who they're married to or whatever. But then they begin to say other things. Is God only spoken to Moses? What makes him so special? One of the quickest ways for you to receive the judgment of God upon your life and in your future and you ever, never, ever get to see the, the blessings you would like to receive is being to run your mouth about somebody who's holy. And, uh, somebody's, eh, someone who's holy. Let me just stick to my notes. They indeed, they said, <clears throat> and they said, Hath the Lord spoken only to Moses, by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? Hath the Lord heard it? And the Lord heard it. And the man Moses was very meek and above all men upon the earth, which were upon the face of the earth. I want to go back here for a minute because I want to touch on Miriam. She was... She felt liberty because he who he was married to, but then she felt liberty because he was her brother. It was no big deal. It was just a brother. She could say whatever she wants. 
except for in the position of authority that he was and the position that he, that she and Aaron was, she could not talk evil of him. Could she? What if God had tolerated her speaking evil? What if God tolerates you speaking evil? One of the one of the worst things that can happen in anybody's life is when you begin to cast judgment upon others because they don't do things the way you would do them. Or because, or, I can get up and do what the preacher does. At least I went stamble and stamper or stamper, whatever that word is. A blessing would not come in your way. The third point, if your seed sown is wrong seed. The mouth, your mouth was so things that is, that is absolutely abhorred in the sight of God. We are the, what are the seeds of your mouth? What are the seeds of your mouth? Let me tell you, you may think someone is real close to you, a good friend, and you can say whatever you want to about them. Staff, Listen. You can say whatever you want to say, and it's supposed to be confidential until something happens. It's no longer confidential. In my wife and I's life, outside of family, there's probably two or three people that we would say things to because we know the things you say can be sown in wrong ground and they can be said in ways that destroy a lot of things that have been established. You don't go casting your fruit of your lips to someone who will run with it and tell it to someone else and someone else and someone else. Saying things without a filter. Now, I don't, I'm not near as bad as I used to be Used to, I used to put my foot in my mouth about every, oh, about every six weeks. I put my foot in my mouth about my wife. I say something, and I get a lot of looks and you know, something. But uh, if it's not on my paper, I got it planned. I don't say it anymore. Is that good? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, Bobby. Mm-hmm, uh, let me go back to my words here. <laughs> Seeing things without a filter. You know what? We all have a lot of thoughts. We have a lot of complaints. We have a lot of, a lot of room of margin. But we expect God is really preparing something, so we're going to step out. We're going to expand our borders. We're going to believe God for more than what everybody else seems to happen in their life. And then we're going to go to the place. That, then we're going to go to the place of Jabez and expect greater things. That even though I'm not worthy of no particular reason, we just, we're just not afraid to ask. We're asked for things. And the third place we're going to go is, is here with the, worthy, the worthiness of the seed sown and her saying it to, to her, about her brother. Let me just finish. Comparing what you have with, with authority over another. Comparing, comparing what you have with authority over another. I don't know. Could that happen here? There's, there's something about ego that there's no place in, in ministry against. But you know who we always talk about is speaking against Moses? Ms. Miriam. 
But in all reality, it was Miriam and Aaron. They both spake against him, but the only one to get re repercussion was her for some reason. What is the deal? Look in last, verse one, verse two. And they said, hath the Lord spoken only by Moses, and hath he not spoken by us also? And the Lord heard it. They both were involved in this conversation. And it was derogatory what they were saying against Moses. And they were basically jealous. Why do you think that they couldn't get, they weren't in a position that Moses had? I'm almost done. They could not be trusted. You'll see that Moses had to go in and pray for Miriam, and she became leprous. Her hand had leprosy, and, 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 she, and Moses prayed for her that the Lord would take it away from her. So she was outside the city for a week, and, and then she could come back. But, but Moses' heart was, was pure, it was just, it was, it was right, it was not, it was not, he uh, was not wanting to get back. There was a meekness, there was a tenderness about him, and that's why he was so protected by the Lord. How many of you ever thought about him? He, he lived all those years for the Lord, and, and I know he messed up with his wife and, and his kids there when he didn't, he didn't uh, circumcise them, and she circumcised his son and called him a bloody man. He was lazy, and he, he was, he was likes the days of going his responsibility, but for 40 years, he served the Lord for 40 years. And he did, he did one thing wrong. What did he do wrong? He was mad at children of Israel and he hit the rock instead of speaking to it. And the same result came, but God, and God held him to a much higher standard. Everybody stay with me. I believe that God holds us to a higher standard than maybe the general public. I think just everybody can go to him and ask him. And we have a, our purpose is a lot more focused, if you will. This is the very reason that they were not in the position that Moses was. Because they had to say things about him. I'm not going to say I wouldn't have. If I'd been there, I'd get this vision of Moses. If I follow him all day, I'm going to wire me out. I believe he was reserved. I think he was wise. There's something about him that they were demanded respect. Look at verses four through nine. And God spake suddenly unto Moses and, and Aaron and Miriam. And God did speak to all of them. Come, come ye out, come out ye three into the tabernacle congregation. And they agreed to come out. And the Lord came out into a pillar of a, pillar of a cloud. And the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. He said, hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you. Don't you think he was mean a little more with that? If you're a prophet and a prophetess, hear my words. I, Lord, will make myself known to you in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him I will speak how? Mouth to face, or mouth to mouth. Why? And I believe this. Do we expect God to 
receive blessings of God and expand our borders and expand this and expand that and to give us all this favor. But why would God speak to him face to face and nobody else? Because he knew what he showed him, he would share the truth. He was an intimate thing. And you think about your life and the people you share things and some people you shouldn't share with. Some people you say things you have no business sharing it with them. But Jesus, but God knew that when he spoke to him, he could speak to him directly. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, in similitude, the Lord shall be, of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then, <clears throat> wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against him, and he departed. Moses' character was, had great value in the, in the eyes of God. And God thought about him, and God wanted to prosper him. But you know, Moses, you know, he never hear words, never hear him once saying, Lord, prosper me. Lord, do this for me. Lord, give me, uh, enlarge my boundaries and make my family. He never prayed that way because his intentions were always doing what God wanted to do. <clears throat> Moses' character was valued in God's position. And if God had not addressed, what would have happened? And that's where we had discord. If God had not addressed this issue with someone as close to Moses as Aaron and Miriam were, he would have had mutiny in the Grinks. And he had to start it now. So this is my thought. He got the camp, he got the whole camp's attention when she came down with leprosy. One more place I'm going to read. It's two verses, and it goes right with what we what we've been talking about. <clears throat> Matthew twelve thirty six and thirty seven. Don't we think that sowing seed is choosing investing? That's all we ever hear on TV is uh, like sow a seed faith of a thousand dollars. So seed faith of $10,000, $100,000 on TV. Here's a lot. Anybody ever heard of that? I think the seed he's talking about here is the seed of her mouth. Thirty-six, but evil, but I say unto you that every idle word that evil, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. I, I don't know how many times the way people talk, God addresses. Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't matter. That is the one thing that I think gets us in more trouble. And it's the one thing that it gets promoted into greater things. But what we speak of, what we're hesitant to speak of. If you want your family to prosper, you want them to be blessed, you want to see them come to know the Lord. 
Don't sit. Don't sit and ridicule everyone else's kids. I want to see us all prosper. I want to see great things in each of our lives. The things that we sow with seed out of our mouth. Well, we just read it in Scripture. With our mouth, we're justified and condemned. By every word out of our mouth, we're judged. So that's a little word maybe to think about in each of our lives. Instead of saying, your husband's a big dirt bag. You ever say that? Okay. Instead of confessing all your husband's negative things, begin to confess them a little differently. Let's pray. God, help us to understand. We ask for these things, and we, as we are prepared spiritually to, to ask for these things, Lord, for, for expansion, for, for, for more favor, more direction in our life. And then we can be as Jabez, Lord, confident, Lord, confident in you that, God, you can, you can give it to us. If, if we will respect you, and it won't be too much for us, it won't overwhelm us. But, God, we can go to our borders and at least expand them to, to the area that we need to expand them to. But, God, help us to know this. That our words carry so much more weight and value. The reason we say it, while we're trying to return judgment of someone else or anyone else, anything else. Father, give us your strength from our speaking. Only speaking what is good and helpful. And God, let our seed be precious. Let our seed be precious in what we speak. In your name we pray.